You're listening to a message preached at Front Range Baptist Church. It is our prayer that this message will be a help and an encouragement to you in your spiritual walk. Well, folks, it is a blessing for us to be here and, uh, and really to be back in the auditorium where when we first came, uh, you know, this is where we were meeting and uh, you know, what a blessing brings back so many memories, although it looks a lot different than it used to. So, uh, but uh, folks, it, it's funny as we as we have our have our videos and and uh, short ministry presentation and and you know as we go through on our on our furlough, it becomes a little bit outdated. And we started our furlough in August last year, and and it wasn't too long, and this became outdated. Um, the the renovations have been completed. Uh, the uh, uh, Warren was able to move the church from our rented facility to uh, the, uh, the, the brand new building. And uh, what a blessing. And that, that happened in the beginning of September. They uh, had the inaugural service the beginning of, of October. And really, they've had a steady flow of visitors ever since. Because in a Roman Catholic culture, the building is the church. So for us, when we were in a temporary facility, people thought, well, they're here now, but they might go. You know, but now we have our own building. And uh, God has supplied that for us, and, and what a blessing. We're a permanent fixture in that neighborhood, uh, in the northwest uh, part of the city of Presidente Prudente. I just wish we, we had to leave before I could even preach in there. So I'm, I'm, we're looking forward to getting back in August and, uh, and uh, being able to minister uh, at Calvary Baptist Church there. Uh, let me just tell you, we do have our prayer cards out on our display table in back. I encourage you to pick one of those up. And if you'd like to sign up for our prayer updates, please just put your name and email address there. We'll be glad to put you on our list. Oh, very good. Uh, well, let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Folks, I am on the back end of a sinus infection. So I have some water up here. I'll get raspy every so often. I've finished my antibiotic and, and, and doing much better, but um, I, I'm probably going to need to take a couple gulps of water to keep my throat clear here. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 5 and 6. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Let's pray. Father, we pray now that you would guide and direct, bless this time. I pray that your word would find rich dwelling in hearts. May your will be done now in this service, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's look at the first part of verse 5 again. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything is of ourselves. And to think, or to, the idea here is to claim or to take credit for something that God has done. We are not sufficient to take credit for something God has done. There was something that happened in the middle of our last furlough that had never happened before, and it scared me to death. And you know, you, we had these video presentations, and the, the production of that is pretty involved. And, and really, you know, to, to go through that process and, uh, of, of preparing a script and getting, uh, you know, getting all the pictures lined up with phrases and, and recording that and then getting that off to someone to produce it, we'll get the video back and they'll add music to it and, and all the work that we've done. And we'll see that video for the first time, and we are just, our eyes just well up with tears. And, and, and tears will course down our cheeks as we see all that the Lord has done. And we're just in awe of it. 
And, and, and we show it in our churches and, and what a blessing it is to watch the, those videos and see what God has done through us. But what, something happened in the middle of our last furlough as we were watching those videos, you know, watching our, our, our video presentation, we had just our, our you know, the, the, the Victory Baptist and Oswaldo Cruz, you saw it on the video, the blue church has, you know, the nice building and the faithful pastor and the growing congregation. You know, and that church is doing just wonderfully. It's just so, so neat to see what, what the Lord has done. But what happened was, watching that video went from, wow, look at what the Lord has done, to, wow, look at what we did. Wow, look at what I did. But what does this verse say? Not, we are not sufficient of ourselves to take credit for something God has done. And, it, and as, that, as that thought was, was, was germinating in my heart, it scared me to death. And what I did to cure that, I took a 3 by 5 card and wrote this, these two verses out, 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6. And I pray through them every single day. And what that does is provides divine perspective on how the Lord is using us. And praise the Lord, that thought went away completely. What a blessing. We were at our, uh, near the end of our first furlough, and we went to uh, visit some dear friends of Darcy's parents. Darcy's parents were missionaries in Brazil. And uh, they had some friends that retired uh, near where we were on furlough, and they invited us over. And uh, we, we went and, and saw them. What a blessing to, to see them right before we went back to our second, for our second term on the field in Brazil. And Art Cavey was, was, was the missionary. And, and he said to me, he goes, Chris, when you get on that plane, you forget everything that everyone has said to you. And this is why he said that, because people will, will compliment us as we're you know, giving our presentation, reporting back to our churches. They'll say things like, wow, you're our best missionary. Wow, you're our hero. And if, if you go back to the field with those things in your head, you think you're this great missionary that's going to conquer Brazil with the gospel. Folks, Brazil is larger than the continental United States. We need to go back not with this great missionary complex, but to go back as a servant of the Lord, to be led step by step, doing God's will in our lives for his honor and glory. That was very wise counsel. I greatly appreciated it. Let's look at our verse again here. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think or claim anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. This is the key. Our sufficiency is of God. I think of our son and his wife, uh, Warren and Lada. They're in their first term as missionaries. I don't know of another missionary couple that has the advantages that they have going back to the field. Neither one will pass through the discouragement of language acquisition. Neither one will pass through the frustration of culture shock. Neither one will be totally wiped out by the heat and presidential prudenti. Because basically in May of 2020, when they returned to the field, they were coming home. Lada was born in Brazil, a city about three hours from where we are in Presidente Prudenti, and a city just as hot as Presidente Prudenti. Warren was four and a half when we arrived on the field and ten when we moved out to that region of Presidente Prudenti and Oswaldo Cruz. But we challenge them to remember their divine calling, and according to Acts 13.2, God has separated them for the work whereunto he has called them. Therefore, they need to depend upon God's sufficiency and not their own. Their own abilities will not suffice apart from the power of God working in their lives. During this first term, they will be tested as Satan tries to discourage them. If experience is any guide, they will pass through some major trials. 
So as you pray for us, please remember to pray for them. The very first trial came July last year. We got a phone call from Warren, and he said he wanted to take us out. Uh, him and Lada wanted to take us out for supper the next night, uh, Tuesday night. And I said to Darcy, I said, Warren and Lada want to take us out. I think they have news for us. And Darcy said, no, they don't have news. I said, I think they do. So we went out to, to dinner. Right after we ordered, Warren announced that they were expecting their first child. We were so excited. And what a blessing. But then Warren said this. He goes, Dad, you guys have no luck with grandkids. So when your first three grandkids were born, you were in Brazil and they were born in the States. Now this child, grandchild, is going to be born in Brazil while you're on furlough in the States. You have no luck with grandkids. You know. But just a few short days after, uh, Lada went for a, for a checkup and they couldn't find a heartbeat. And she, she had miscarried. And uh, she needed to go in and had the procedure to deal with the miscarriage and, and it was so sad. But she came out of that, and she was in the hospital for a couple of days and came out, and really within two weeks was back in the ministry, just serving the Lord. They were sad, for sure, but glad that Lada was doing okay. And, and one of the things that we needed to do was move from our rented house, uh, our things, to the apartment, uh, you know, the new apartment and the new building. But the apartment wasn't ready yet. So one of the things that we needed to do was move my office and our, then our piano, too, to Warren and Lada's house. So now Warren has this little stack of books, but he has Logos on his computer, so he doesn't need a, a library. Well, my library I accumulated you know, while I was in seminary and afterwards. So I have four large bookcases full of theological books and Bible commentaries. So we had to move all of that over to Warren's house. So he has, his, he has my really nice desk, where he had just a folding table before. And then he has my bookcases with my books, theological books. And he said he's loving using my library. And I wish I had it. He had access to it. So he has his, his, his uh, you know, computer there. So whenever he does a Zoom call, he has this, you know, the background are my books. You know, so it's just really interesting. You know, so. But anyway... I remember as we, were, as we were moving, doing that move, you know, Warren and I were in and out, and we actually hired some movers to help us with those, you know, the, the heavier items. And Lada sat on the couch. She was just really quiet. And I asked how she was doing, and she said she was fine. And, and okay, that night we got a call. Warren said, Dad, Lada has a fever. And they're thinking there, there's an infection from the miscarriage, and they have to readmit her to the hospital. This time she was in for a whole week and they had to do the whole procedure all over again. And then they were dealing with the infection then to try to, try to get her well. We had thought possibly of, of just putting off our furlough just to stay another six months to make sure that Lada was okay before we, we left. But the Lord just made it clear that we could continue with our furlough plans. And, and again, she recuperated well. This time a lot slower, but she recuperated well and, and we could go on furlough. But the fact is... There have been a number of MKs, missionary kids, who have come back to Brazil to serve with their spouses that haven't stayed beyond the first term. One didn't even make it to their first furlough. Another one on their, on their furlough didn't come back. And then another one came back after their furlough but didn't stay much into their second term before they, they quit and went back to the States. And it's just so hard because Brazil, we, we are in, in, in dire need of missionaries. Brazil, the, the, the Brazil field for Baptist Mission started in 1935 in the north. 
And, and where those missionaries planted churches in the north, those churches planted churches, and those churches planted churches. And there are areas, there are pockets in the northern part of Brazil that are mature missionary fields. They don't need missionaries anymore. But the south of Brazil is not like that where we serve. Where we serve, we, we need to, where we are, we are the only, you know, Darcy and I and then Warren and Lada, we're the only missionaries for three hours to the north, two hours to the south, and, and you know, two or three more hours to the east. It's just, there isn't much missionary activity out where we are. We need more missionaries. We need God-called missionaries who are trusting in God's sufficiency. Let's look at our verse again. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think or claim anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. The word able here in verse 6 is the same Greek word translated sufficient in verse 5. So God is our sufficiency, and he has made us sufficient ministers of the New Testament. Very interesting. There are teams that will come down to, uh, to, to, to minister with us, and it's such a blessing, and pastors will come down, and, and they'll preach in English, and we'll transfer, translate for them in Portuguese, and, and every so often we'll get this comment, Chris, I can never do what you do. And I understand it's a compliment, but in the same vein, you know, it's rather obvious why you can't do what we do, because you're not called. The evangelist Jeremy Frazier put it this way, God does not necessarily call the enabled, but he does enable the called. I believe in the depths of my heart that if God truly calls you, he will provide his grace for you to fulfill his will in your life. Now, there are three distinct areas that are just vital that first term, language, culture, and then climate. Language, I mean, for us in, in Brazil, it's Portuguese. Now, Portuguese is not the most difficult language to learn, but saying that it wasn't an easy thing for me. Now, when we arrived on the field, Darcy is an MK. She, she knew Portuguese, and she had almost instant ministry. Darcy's dad, we were working with him, and there was a need for a lady Sunday school teacher, and uh, uh, Darcy's dad asked Darcy to take that class, and that class just grew and grew and grew to one of the strongest classes in the church. So I, Darcy's ministering, and, uh, and uh, being used to the Lord, I'm going to language school three hours a day, five days a week for a whole year. And, you know, and I thought, you know, if I just got a week of language school in, I could start communicating with these dear Brazilian folks. And, and at the end of a week, I could say, oi, which is hi, ciao, which is bye. And then, then key phrases like, onde está o banheiro? Where's the bathroom? I mean, you can tell key phrases that are really going to help me connect with people, you know? Um, you know and, and, but, it, but it's just it. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the effort. And it's a process. And then and, and that whole process was just vitally important in everything that we did. But I remember looking at this four-year-old little boy in our church thinking, that little guy knows more Portuguese than I do. You know, it's just the way it is. And I remember the first time you know, I'd graduated from language school, I was still going... Uh, every so often, uh, about twice a week, for my language school teachers to help me with my pronunciation, I had a strong American accent. And for, for wealthier Brazilians, they think it's kind of a cool accent, like Americans think British English is kind of a cool accent. Poor people, not so much. 
you know, they don't, they, 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 they think you're speaking Spanish or something. You know, it's just, it's just very odd to them. But Darcy's dad had me preach for the first time on Easter Sunday, 1998. So we had been in Brazil for about 14 months by that point. And he took the Easter Sunday message and divided it in three, you know, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. I handled the death. So I had 10 minutes to preach on the death of Christ. And I had to manuscript my message. I mean, it was, it was like three pages of, of solid manuscript, and I read my message. Now, folks, I was a public speech minor in college at Bob Jones University. I knew how it was supposed to go, and that's not how to do it. But it was the only way I could. You know, so, so I read my message. I had a, a replica of a spike you know, they used. It, it, was, it was aluminum painted black and things. But it was impressive. You know, and, and so I preached, and, and the Brazilians were so glad. And they're so glad you're there. They're so glad you're learning their language. And they, say, they came up and said, Pastor Chris, that was wonderful that you preached to us for the very first time this morning. And, and, and that was all great. But then we had missionary kids, the, the, the kids of our colleagues. And, you know, uh, one of them came up to us. And they, they call us aunt and uncle. Yeah, and, and one of them came up, to me, came up to me and said, Uncle Chris... I didn't understand a word you said. <laughs> so you think you're connecting, but maybe not, you know? I remember we had the Bob Jones University soccer team come down. And you think, what are a group of American college guys going to teach Brazilians about soccer? Absolutely nothing. That's not why they're there, okay? They're there to provide opportunities for us to minister to folks that we would not have opportunities to minister to in our you know, daily ministry. So we were got into English schools, we got into the public schools, we, we had games every day for them, and they would usually be with us for a couple days, and we would uh, have these games. And we, one year we had, had them play indoor soccer with the, the team from Oswaldo Cruz. And it's just not their game, they're more out on the field, on the pitch. And by halftime, they were losing 10 to nothing. And I thought, good night, what, is, what kind of testimony is this? But at halftime, we would have testimony time. It was really good. And, and at the end of every testimony, we would translate for them. Uh, the Brazilians would clap. You know, that was you know, a, good, you know, a good story you know, for them. And just culturally, I thought that was just funny. Well, at, after halftime, I went up to my seat, and I noticed out of the corner of my eye, there was this gal that came into the gymnasium. And it was the mayor's wife. And she saw me, pointed to me, and then came up to the stands to meet me. And she said, she said, Pastor, my husband and I are so excited this team is here. And uh, I, I, I talked to the newspaper, they're going to come and interview you, and then the radio station's coming with their remote equipment to interview you after this game. And I thought, well, this is great. Pastor Yudi, our Brazilian pastor, will be a great spokesman for what the team is doing. Now, Pastor Yudi was out running errands, and, and at the time I didn't have a phone for whatever reason, and he didn't have one. I thought he was coming right back, and he didn't. And, and as the clock was running down, I realized that I was going to have to do this radio interview. And, and I remember just, just bowing my head and praying and asking the Lord to somehow make my Portuguese clear on the radio so that, so that the, I can clearly communicate the, you know, the, the gospel, anything that this you know, reporter would ask and, you know, about our services and about this team. Well, the clock ran down to zero. I saw the, re, the, the, the radio guy come in, all this remote equipment. He motioned for me to meet him at, at half court. Well, people were milling around the sidelines. Uh, 
he started the interview, and he had this very long microphone. And, and he asked the first question, then put that microphone to my mouth. The most perfect Portuguese I've ever spoken came out. And it was very interesting because our people that heard it on the radio said, Pastor, we knew it was you, but it, you were speaking as though you didn't have an accent. Folks, who did that? That was God. I wish I could put that in a jar and use it whenever I needed it. But the Lord had it for just that, that particular time. Used everything that I'd ever learned about Portuguese and, and just had that perfect Portuguese come out. So there's language, but there's also culture. Brazilians are warm and friendly. They're just so glad you're there. But folks, crime is a problem. Crime is a problem. I had sent a picture on our prayer update of our house this last term, it just took us forever to find a house to rent. And, and we finally found one. I sent a picture, and, and one of our supporting pastors wrote back and said, Chris, it looks like that wall in the front of your house is larger than your house itself. And, well, it's not really. You know? So we have an 8 to 10-foot masonry wall in front, and then on top of that, we have a 3-foot wire uh, electrified fence. Um, now, Warren and Lada have two dogs on top of that you know, for their security system. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we pay a nighttime guard, you know, all the, all the neighbors chip in, and there's a guy that will, will go with his motorcycle through our neighborhoods at night with his little beeper and little siren thing, and, and so the criminals know exactly where he is at any given moment, but, you know, it's just, that's what they do, and, and, you know, it's just all part of it, you know, and, and folks, it's not like we, we live with our head on a swivel, it isn't, but we're very aware of our surroundings, and there are times when we're not really comfortable where we are, and that's just the Lord saying, you need to, you need to get out of here. You know, and then we do. And, and just the Lord just leads and guides and directs. Climate. I remember in language school, you know, so we have language, we have culture, we have climate. And climate, I remember in language school, we had uh, an assignment every night to watch the, the news. And, and, and so I'd, I'd watch the news, and they would show the, the weather for the state of Sao Paulo at the end, and we were supposed to watch it to see how they manipulated their articulators, you know, as, as they spoke, so we could see how to speak Portuguese. And they, all, they, they showed the, the weather for the, the, the high temperatures for the state of Sao Paulo. And we lived in Metro Sao Paulo at the time, and, and it was very moderate, very, you know, very cool in the evenings, and the highest temperature ever in Sao Paulo was 97. So, you know, it was, was never really hot, hot. And, um, but there was always this one city, Presidente Prudente was always the hottest city in the state of Sao Paulo. And I thought, oh, the poor schlubs that live in Presidente Prudente. You know, it just must be horrid to live there. Well, folks, we are the poor schlubs living in Presidente Prudente right now. And, uh, you know, Osvaldo Cruz, we were there for 12 years, now we're in Presidente Prudente, and it's just the hottest part of the state of Sao Paulo. And, and for an example, uh, Warren uh, moved the, the church from the Renna facility to the new building, got in there, and one of the first Sundays, it got up to 103. Now, 103 isn't normal, but it's not, it, it's not out of the ordinary. You know, it, it's just, it's not unusual it would get that hot. And, and so he had the, all the doors open and the windows open, all the fans going, but then he had the traffic noise was so bad, you know, because we're on the major avenue in that part of the city. So for the first time, we've gotten air conditioners for, our, for this church. And the Lord just supplied the money for that so that we could do that. But what a blessing. But the, the fact is, it is hot. But it, you know, the Lord moved us out there. And Darcy had some major problems with asthma in Metro Sao Paulo. After we moved out there, her asthma almost totally went away. It was just the perfect climate for her. And, but folks, I'm a Wisconsinite. 
How does Wisconsinite handle the, the, the weather in Presidenti Prudenti? Folks, it's all by the grace of God. God's sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12, you don't need to turn there. It's the passage where Paul has a thorn in the flesh. He entreats the Lord three times to remove it. And this is the Lord's response. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. The bottom line is if God has called you and you are obedient, he will be your sufficiency. He will provide the total measure of grace you need to fulfill his will in every area of your life. It's very important never to have a mindset that would in any way limit what God can do through a surrendered life. Now, folks, the year 2021 marked the 60th anniversary of our family's uh, ministry in Brazil. Darcy's parents, Bob and Corrine Jones, arrived in Brazil in uh, 1961. Neither one spoke Portuguese. They had to go to language school. But just a few short months after they arrived... In Brazil, Darcy's mom took her English-Portuguese dictionary with her to the maternity ward to give birth to Darcy's older brother. Can you imagine that? It would be very difficult. Giving birth for the first time in a country that in language you, you hardly even know. But after 38 years of ministry, they planted six churches in and around the city of Sao Paulo. They were greatly beloved by the Brazilians and by their missionary colleagues alike. Now, our son Warren next month turns 30 years old. He potentially, if the Lord tarries, has another 40 years of ministry in Brazil. If he retires in 2062, our family will have an over 100-year presence in Brazil. Folks, how does that happen? It is only by the grace of God, only by God's sufficiency. Let's read our verses again. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think or claim anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. God, who also hath made us able or sufficient ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful for this dear church and their faithfulness in, in supporting us all these years. Lord, I ask that you would continue to bless them, continue to grow the church here, that their impact for Christ would be great, that they would sense, Lord, your sufficiency day by day, and that your will would be done in lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.